Welcome back to Podcast Recovery, everyone. We are your hosts, David O. And Carly R. Soon to be Carly S. Um, <laughs> never. Never? Okay. Well, fine. Fuck me, right? All yep. Right. Today, we are joined by our very special guest, Stephanie. How are you doing today? I am. I am really good. Cool. I am. Fantastic. And where are you from, Stephanie? I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Nice. And when were you first introduced to recovery? Well, honestly, it's always been in my life. My dad was in recovery, so since I was little. But for myself, I would say somewhere around probably like 2014. Okay. And how long have you been clean? I've been clean for five years. Congratulations. Thank you. We're recording this in January 23rd, and you just celebrated two weeks ago. Yep, on the 6th. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. Well, with all that out of the way, we're going to turn it over to you. Share your story with us, so take it away. Okay, so, um, yeah, Stephanie, addict, and um, I came up in a Irish Catholic household. I feel like that's always important to say. Drinking was a staple. You're a ginger. Yeah. It's a safe bet. (laughs) But, like, (laughs) it was a thing. So, like, kegs at first birthdays, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, that's that's our culture. So, um, that's what I came up in, uh, big family. I have four they're technically half siblings, but you can't say that to them. They yeah, don't like no. that. Um, they have a different father than I do. My dad's side is the real Irish, mm-hmm. like one of nine, um, always together every weekend, always a party, somebody's birthday. Um, I had a good, I did. I had a good childhood. Um, mm-hmm. it came with chaos because of all the drinking mm-hmm. and whatnot, yeah. but like good. I was loved, you know. Um, yeah. my dad was in active addiction, so he did his best. Which yeah. took me a long time to get to, but he did. Did his best with what he was given. Um, and my mom was not an addict, so I had a balance, you know, kind of like two different worlds at most. But um, they had a weird relationship. They remained friends through my childhood so that I had both of them in my life, even though they weren't together. It was hard for my mom because my dad was a maniac. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she did her best to let him be a part of my life. And um, yeah, it was it was pretty good. I I always do share that like when I was I was young, I was like 4, I think when it started, I was sexually abused um mm-hmm. by one of my older cousins and I kept that to myself for a very very long time and yeah. I share it now because it it shaped my my mindset, you know. Oh, yeah. Um so I he was he was like a bit older than me. He knew what he was doing wasn't right. Um my dad actually lived with them. My dad was like the the uncle or whatever that hopped from couch to couch because he could never keep enough money in his pocket to stay somewhere permanently. So, um, but he lived with them for a while with my aunt and, um, it went on for about two years. And, um, I remember feeling like I should have been protected, but I wasn't. So like, and my dad was drunk a lot. So it was like, I remember forming like almost a resentment at a young age about that. So, um, but when I, hit a certain age he just stopped and i just went about my life you know um so as i got older in hindsight i I recognized my addiction manifesting in other ways like stupid like i had this barbie collection when i was a kid it was ridiculous like it was in a suitcase and if you touched my friggin' barbies like it was a problem and i had like 50 of them in there and i had the big house and the car like it was crazy right and i always wanted another one i think Um, we all started with some sort of yeah like a pg uh, for sure and it was was like an obsession what was yours i i don't know mine was definitely hot wheels I had like a whole Hot Wheels My son. Yeah. Right there with you. I had like you. the steering wheel that, mm-hmm. that had all the little car spark. I, I don't know. Sports really? or something? It was definitely sports. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. action figures or Barbies. It was sports. But that counts. Yeah, that counts. Totally. <laughs> From the moment I could walk, I could dribble a basketball and that's what was in my hand for until I was yeah. 17, 18 that's all totally, the time. Totally a PG addiction. All right. Totally. So. Back to you. Um, yeah. So then uh, then it, you know, changes and it becomes your friends. Like uh, I had to always be with my friends. If I was missing something, I was throwing a fit. Um, I always try to like manipulate my mom and to let me do whatever it was I wanted to do. Yeah. And then it became boys, which is, you know, a it's a theme in my it's story. The, it's the worst addiction. It is. And it, it's a theme in the story. You know, there's always like some dude who's like totally not treating me correctly. And I'm just allowing it because mm-hmm. of whatever the situation is. So, mm-hmm. um, but when I was like 11, mm-hmm. um, I remember we were sleeping out in my best friend's backyard in a tent. 
and the older, like their older brothers, we all hung together and they went and they were steal. they used to steal bikes and strip them down. That was like their thing. So they went into this garage and there was all like a case and a half of beer. So they bring yeah. the beer back and we all drink it and we're drunk. And, um, that was the first time I, I mean, I had had sips of beer, obviously from my, my father and stuff, yeah. and, but like, that's the first time I drank and got drunk. And I just remember feeling like I, I wasn't not outgoing, but like it made me not have to have the weight of all the other stuff. Like, yeah. like my dad's addiction, what had happened to me, um, feeling like I wasn't, I, I don't, I don't really resonate with not feeling like I was good enough, but I didn't have great self-worth because of what had happened to me. I think I thought that was like mm-hmm. what I was meant for. That was the way people showed Ooh. you love. Yeah. And it, it didn't like, you know, it messed up my brain. Yeah. So once I started drinking, all bets are off. And that's who I was for like a long time. I was like the party girl. Um, right shortly after that, I got the boyfriend who sold pot, you know, like, yeah, and that was who I was. And I was with him for like seven years. We hung with his older brothers and, you know, all mm-hmm. his friends. Yeah. And, um, I went pretty well, like for a long time. I mean, I, I didn't realize in hindsight, like that smoking large amounts of weed was keeping me from like doing anything in school that was like oh, worth yeah. anything. So like, I never went. So I had all these like Saturday detention hours, like piled up. And mm-hmm. at the end of my senior year, they're like, you're not going to graduate, dude. You have like 180 um, <laughs> Saturday detention hours that like yep. you never did. So I'm like, well, how do we rectify this? They're like, uh, you're supposed to go on a Saturday detention. And I'm like, nobody's got time for that. No, fuck that. So I started like, you know, taking like a, I would go to do um, community service and I would take the form and I would manipulate the form like yeah. that I did more than I was supposed uh-huh. to. I almost got caught because I had like white out on it and I gave her the wrong sheet. Like it was, mm-hmm. I was a mess. I just wasn't like not yeah. uh-huh. thinking, you know. Oh, any way to cheat the system. <clears throat> so, yeah. So I eventually, I got enough in and I graduated by the skin of my teeth. Yep. But like, I'm pretty smart. So like, I could have done way more and I just didn't because I wasn't motivated. I you think know Carly I mean? was the only one that, it, you, you seemed like you excelled. In school. school, yeah, like I, both of us, skin of our teeth. You were just like, no, high flyer. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Academically. Oh yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I could have done that, but I just I, chose too. not to. Yeah. Like, what's the you know yeah. whatever. So, um, I then went to like a community college, drinking all the time. I yep. worked in a bar. I um, that was just my life. And like I had said, if you know, I was saying before, my family that was normal. So for me, that yeah. that shit was normal. When I went to other people's houses and their parents were like different, that that was weird to me. You know, yes. I wasn't used to like. The parents together, not drinking every friggin' night, like having a party every friggin' night. Quick question. Were you kind of like the 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 friend where like all the other parents are like, watch out for Stephanie? I don't think so because <laughs> okay, I was very, I was. but I was very good <laughs> at masking uh-huh. yeah. who I was. Yeah. So I went in and was very polite to the parents. Like I okay. said, I had my mom, so she balanced me out. She was not like, like that. Okay. So she taught me like... That's not how it's supposed to be. Like, yeah. she let me see my family, but she was like, "That's that's not normal." Just mm-hmm. so you know. But I was like, "Yes, it is." Like, you know what yeah. I mean? This is what we're doing. Like, yeah. what's fucking normal? Yeah. So, um, so like I said, for a long time, that's what, um, that's what I did. I just like partied. I didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of hard drugs in my story till later down the line. So I just managed to have like three jobs go i went to community college had three mm-hmm. jobs at one time Ooh. but i drank every night and i was yep. like i worked at um la fitness and i would go in to open at five in the morning hammered drunk oh. from never leaving my job <laughs> yeah. the night before uh-huh. like and like falling asleep at the desk like just madness right so um you know i do like i had that boyfriend that i was talking about and i was with him mm-hmm. for seven years and when i got to be like 22 he was like a year younger than me. So like when I turned 21, it caused a rift between us and I wound up breaking up with him. Mm. And um, I started dating this guy and he he plays a part in my story just because um, he was like, uh, he was a crackhead and I didn't know it. Um, mm. He was clean when I met him. He drank. I, he wasn't clean. He didn't use crack, but he was drinking. <laughs> and that's how I met him. I met him at the bar. I was friends with his sister. Yeah. And we started hanging out and... Um, my life got really, really bad right then. Um, he was abusive. Mm-hmm. He was awful. And when he would do drugs, he would just like beat the shit out of me. Like it was just like a law. And then it, I, you know, in hindsight, why would I stay there? No yeah. clue. Cause it's really not my personality, but yeah. I couldn't leave no, it. I, can't imagine I couldn't leave it. I don't know what my, I don't know what it was. He was like the polar opposite of the other boyfriend. And I think I was like, 
I thought he was gorgeous. Like, just ridiculous, right? So I stayed in this crazy situation where he's, like, beating the shit out of me, disappearing for days and getting high. And um, that's when, like, I started dabbling with the harder drugs because mm-hmm. I feel like I was like, if I can't beat him, join him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but still, like, kind of maintained, like, what I thought was... Um, Doing it responsibly, whatever that means, uh-huh. like whatever. I smoke um, crack responsibly. No, not I. Did I never smoked? He never smoked crack in front of me, so I would do lines with him. But I never oh, okay. like smoked crack with. He never. He acted like he wasn't doing that. I don't know what it is, but there's just like a total like gap between people who use coke and people who use crack. And if you called him a crackhead, <laughs> like people would do it, and he would freak the gap. Meanwhile, yeah. he's in a closet smoking crack. Like I'm like, yeah. what? Like I don't understand. <laughs> I would smoke coke, but I wouldn't smoke crack. Yeah. And I so, was like, oh, you, you peasants. Yes, it's totally crack. crazy. But like, he was the first person that took me um down to Kensington, Philadelphia. Which, if you've ever heard anybody about talk about Kensington, Kensington oh, yeah. it is, is like the black hole. Fucking right. What is that? Where you got arrested? No, I got I, I got arrested uh, in fucking Bucks County. On oh God! Back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Kensington's so, like dude, uh, I, I, Lexington, yeah, right? I was in. I fucking, didn't know that. Yeah, I went to fucking jail in fucking Philly for fucking Why? ten days. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Like you had a well, choice. I got arrested here. <laughs> I, know. I got arrested. Why were you up there? Is the question? Because I was fucking dealing drugs. Yeah, there you go. Because we honestly we had better weed here in Maryland, and people were like, "Oh, you got shit. you guys got fucking nugs." So I started fucking dealing drugs up to fucking makes Philly. sense now. Yeah, yeah, and I I'm. <laughs> driving home all i have is weed on me and they they're like those fucking asshole cops were like where's the heroin i was like what fucking heroin I well like, they was like this is the heroin highway did you know that in, de- like, in their defense kensington like, is like 100 he yeah. was right but i was like i didn't fucking know that and I, i'm a skinny piece of shit and they were like well you have the heroin body i was like well that's rude <laughs> yeah that is rude <laughs> yeah so then whatever six months later i get picked up in howard county and they're like you have a detainer in the state of pennsylvania i was like what the fuck does that mean they're like well we have to hold you until they come and get you i was oh, like God. fuck my life were so, you in bucks county prison uh it was like the something h hill fucking prison no that's w george w hill yes yeah that's delaware county that's where my kid's father has been like a hundred that's an awful prison that's, i feel bad for you dude, now that was a fucking <laughs> shit dude, it is it it's privately me, owned and they're assholes dude it helped me change my life because i was like i don't want to come back to this ever place again, ever right? again yes so thank you george fucking <laughs> hill dickhead anyway. oh god so yeah so kensington you know that's like the the root of all evil and oh, yeah. um so he took me down there so i just knew that that was where you were to get your good drugs and like i didn't start really then but then so what happens is, is he almost kills me he almost shoots me mm-hmm. and um yeah it's like mm-hmm. over a fight of hugging a, a guy i know in the bar he almost he literally almost shot me but then he went out on the street Jesus. and literally almost shot another person so he got arrested i didn't have to testify against him because she did so yeah he wound up going to prison for like five to ten but best thing that's ever happened to me because i couldn't leave i don't know why yeah but he probably would have killed me and i was engaged to marry him like it was like a whole oh, thing God, so but what do i do what what do i do like a good like addict person that doesn't know their worth i go into an even oh, yeah. deadlier uh-huh. situation he's Let's not double he, down on maybe this not shit. <laughs> maybe not abusive but he's a heroin addict right and i don't know it when i meet him yeah but i figure it out very quickly because yeah. he's sick all the freaking time mm-hmm. and um i what do i do i get pregnant and have a kid with him <laughs> You know what I mean? So um, I yeah. started using before I got pregnant and uh, I was, you know, instantly in love. I feel like um, I don't want to, I'm not glorifying heroin, but heroin was like my best friend. It really was because yeah. I was fucked up. Like from all the things that I never dealt with, uh-huh. I just needed something that numbed me and it mm-hmm. was the perfect thing. Um, I always became an asshole on alcohol. So like, and I was like crazy. So I was like, this is, I just like want to sit here and like just chill, you yeah. know? Um so after that, I, I I started getting sick when I would drink a little bit. And I was like, something's not right. And I figured out I was pregnant with my son. And um, I was like, I'm in a terrible fucking situation. Like, what am I going to do? But yeah. um, always wanted to be a mom. Didn't mm-hmm. actually think I could get pregnant because I had never gotten pregnant. And I was not careful. So I was like, maybe I can't get pregnant. And then I'm pregnant. So I'm like, I'm just going to have this baby. I like, it'll be, it'll be okay. Right. Yeah. So, um, my mom was still alive at that time. I did forget to mention that my father passed away, which is like a big thing, mm-hmm. um, that happened when I was like 19. He died as a direct result of his addiction. Mm-hmm. He had been clean for about five years, but, uh, had liver cancer. So he wound up passing away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that was like right around the time when I broke up with the boyfriend and got in the situation with the other crazy boy. And, um, so my mom was still alive at this time and she was like, it's going to be okay. You know, we'll do it. And, um, I was going back and forth between Delaware County, which is what we were just talking mm-hmm. about and where I lived on 
the other side of Philadelphia, like right on the, and um, with a baby now, like I had the baby now, mm-hmm. um, and I was clean. As soon as I figured out I was pregnant, I got clean. And I don't know how I was able to do it, but I was. And I stayed clean while I was pregnant. And um, as soon as I had my son, you know, the the father was using. Um, mm-hmm. I was using with my older sister. And they were using together. So it was like this, all these people are using around me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to stay clean. But like, I just couldn't. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I went right back into it full force. And then yeah. like for the next literal three years was like a nightmare. Because I have a baby that... I want to take care of. I do. Like inside, I wanted to take care of him, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't. Like I would just be like taking him with me to Kensington to cut. Like it was a mess. Like my mom knew and she was like freaking out. Um, I had never used a needle before this, but I started. So then I'm covered in track marks Mm -hmm. and my mom's like, what's happening? And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. So, uh, when Gabe was about 18 months old, I got my first legal consequence, which was a DUI with him mm. in the back of the car. Mm. And um, they saw me shooting up while I was driving. Oh. Like a cop was next to me, like an undercover. And he followed me. Um, and he stopped me, obviously. And um, I was like lucky they didn't take my kid. They called my mother and let her take him. Yeah. But um, I got arrested. And they were like you're this is going to be a problem because you have like a toddler in your car oh yeah when they're a little bit older it's not that big of a deal i know that sounds crazy Uh but because he's so young it's gonna you're gonna have problems here Mm -hmm. like you're probably not they have ard in pennsylvania which is like i think you guys call it like you you get um unsupervised probation Uh for your first offense like literally i had never been in trouble before Mm -hmm. so they're like but you're not going to qualify for that because he's so young and you had him Mm -hmm. in the car yep so i immediately go to rehab right i'm like mm-hmm. that's the answer the lawyer tells me to go to the freaking rehab i'm like perfect like my sister's been in rehab it's cool i go right i'm like this is gonna work out and uh i get there and i think in going in i wanted to be clean because i wanted to be a mom and i wanted to you know but um my kid's father was supposed to take care of my son with my mom and he just like disappeared and went back to his parents house and mm-hmm. was like using i would call and he would like answer and pretend like it wasn't him even though it was him answering the phone like yo it was wild <laughs> oh my God. so what do i do i need a boy in rehab because yes. of course that's the answer right yeah, rehab romance um, always is the answer so i i do complete the program um i stay clean i leave i meet up with the boy outside of the rehab and um, he's clean for a minute at least. And mm-hmm. uh, we go to meetings and like, we're going to stay clean. And yeah. what happened was, is we wound up totally using together, almost destroying each other's lives. Um, the baby daddy comes home from prison, is mm-hmm. mad as hell because I've, you know, made a boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. And um, he's like freaking out, but he's still using. Everything's a mess. Like it just got worse mm-hmm. and worse. So then he oh, would yeah. go back into prison and come out and it was like a cycle. I would try to get clean because at this point I had been introduced to NA, mm-hmm. which was, um, I had been to an NA meeting with my sister once before with her, like as support because I didn't have a problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she has one, but I'm good. Um, but this was the first time I was ever in a meeting for myself. Like, you know, mm-hmm. in a, yeah. so the dude was amazing. He was like an older black guy um, from like the inner city of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. way older than me at the time. I was like 27, 28, and mm-hmm. he was like 45, you know, nothing on the outside in common. But like when he was sharing, I was like, dude, he's me. Like yeah. I get my mm-hmm. paycheck. I, I spend it. I can't I can't control it. Like he was just, you know, it like touched my soul. So um, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I had been going to NA meetings or whatever. So um Basically, what happens is I go through that cycle for a long time. Mm-hmm. I had gotten a second DUI. I didn't say that. I got a second DUI right after the first DUI. Yeah. Same situation. I drove up on somebody's lawn. My son's in the back seat. I had prescriptions. So uh-huh. they like let me go, but they did take my blood. Yeah. And when it came back with like a bunch of heroin in it, uh-huh. they were like, yeah, you weren't uh, taking Suboxone. Like, that's not that's not what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yep. great. So um, I the lawyer suggested I had already been to rehab. He thought I was clean. They decided they were going to offer me drug court. I don't know if anybody knows what drug court's yeah. like. It, so everybody that I know that's a drug addict is like, don't take it. It's a setup. Don't take it. And of yeah. course, I'm like, yeah, duh. I'm not going to take it because no. it's a setup. Yeah. I can't stay clean. And then I'm like, as time's ticking by and it's getting closer, I'm at my one of my bottoms. Mm-hmm. I don't have 
the hustle on me anymore mm-hmm. to gather the money every day. I'm yeah. sick every day at this point because I can't get up and go yeah. do whatever I have to do. I have a baby. I'm like, this is nuts, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I take drug court. I decide I'm going to do it. I literally showed up to the, they they like make you do a ceremony when you get initiated. It was like freaking ridiculous. And I was, when I say the sickest I had ever been, I was like a benzo slash opioid sick. Oh, yeah. And I was like dying in the, in the corner. Eric knows about that. Dude, I was, and the judge is like <laughs> asking me questions and I'm like, I can't even answer yeah. you. Just yes, What's whatever. <laughs> just like, let me yes. go. Just- so they of course take one look at me and are like, you have to go to rehab again. So they send me to, uh place called Eagleville in uh, Pennsylvania. That doesn't even sound nice. Well, it's not bad. Okay. It's uh, actually, you know, um, Sid and Nancy, what's her name? The, the girlfriend? Her parents actually donated a shit ton of money because that's where she went to rehab the first time. So they tried to get her clean. Oh. So she like, because they're from that area. Yeah. So they like, she's all over the place in there. Like uh, her parents and stuff. There's all this stuff dedicated to her oh. um, because they tried. So they, they after she died, they yeah, tried yeah. to like, Help with the rehabilitation Mm -hmm. of other people, I guess. So, um, fun fact, just in case you were wondering. Um, (laughs) But, like, so, I that place becomes, I went, it's a revolving door. I went Mm -hmm. there, like, literally, like, ten times. I would go in, I would get clean, I'd stay clean for a week, I'd use. And then I'd be off again, and then I'd have to get, and that's the cycle I went through for a really long time. Um, While I was on drug court, I actually, what happened was, they sent me to rehab, and then they sent me to long-term treatment after mm-hmm. um they were like she can't stay clean and she's got this kid so they send me to uh Gadenzia, which is um mm-hmm. it's like boot camp if i'm being honest like yeah. seriously um so they send me to a women and children's program in the sticks and it was beautiful but it was hard you weren't allowed to leave i was there for eight months Ooh, i had my wow. kid with you yeah Whoa. gabe he was with me and um he would go he would go with my sister on the weekend so he wasn't like stuck in the place mm-hmm. the whole time but like I was pretty, they were strict because girls didn't do what they were supposed to do. So they just like got to a point where they wouldn't let you like do anything. It was like really hard. And drug court like would not stop funding me. Like I just wanted to go home and they were like, no, you don't have anywhere to go. Um, What happened was my mom actually wound up passing away while I was there. She uh, had like a um, a septic issue and she wound up dying. She was, Mm. uh, she had lung issues. So Mm. it was overnight. Um, but I didn't have anywhere to go after that. Yeah. Uh, like I lived with her, like, you know, most of the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. They were like, you don't have anywhere to go and we're not putting you back on the street and we'll just keep paying for you to stay here until they figure it out. Oof. So what happened was somebody eventually, um, put me in for like a transitional housing through them mm-hmm. and it was like an apartment and I would be there with my kid. I wound up getting pregnant with my daughter. Yep. Um, on a pass. Which I was like not supposed to be doing what I was doing. Yeah. So, um, so I had to like tell them I was pregnant, and then they were like really mad at me, but they still gave me the apartment. So I went yeah. there pregnant with my son. Um, did drug court. I would like waddle my fat pregnant butt like to the <laughs> to the. Um, I was like huge, and it was like July. It was freaking ridiculous because oh. I didn't drive. So I'd go there to do my urines because they do that urine re- wheel mm-hmm. where they just yeah, randomly yeah. call you. Um. I did pretty well. It just took me a long time to get through it because I was pregnant. And, like, they were actually mm-hmm. kind of lenient with me yeah. because I was pregnant. But they would, like, they would come to me sometimes. My probation officer was really cool. But, like, one time they called me on a Saturday and I missed it. So I wound up getting sanctioned. That happened to me twice. Mm-hmm. It, once after I had my daughter, I had to go in there while I was breastfeeding. Oh. And I was away from my daughter for two days, which was friggin' awful. Yeah. It was, like, um, it was just a whole thing. These are the things I do when I'm, like, not yeah. thinking clearly. And mm-hmm. I was clean at this time, but I was not. The point of that is, is, like, I was doing the things I was told to do, but I wasn't in it to stay mm-hmm. clean. Yep. In hindsight, right? I managed to put together, like, two years and eight months. Um, I thought I was, like, doing everything right. I was, like, I go to, I have a home group. I have a, I have a sponsor that I don't really use, use. Mm-hmm. I don't, um, I work 12 steps. Like, I, well, I didn't work 12, but I worked, like, the first three. Yeah. I did the shuffle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go through it, and she'd be like, um, I think you should start over again, because you're, like, not, you know, using your first step. And, and I'd be like, be like, like ah, fuck you. yourself. Yeah, seriously. I'd be like, she made me <laughs> read relap- Recovery and Relapse in the Blue, like, it's, like, a hundred times. I was like, I hate this friggin' chapter. Um, so it would be like this, this, this thing. So I would just like keep going. And, um, their father had been incarcerated off and on multiple times mm-hmm. and he came home 
And I was, he was like, I'm going to stay clean. And I was like, bet I'm going to help you stay clean. Cause I've been oh. clean now for <laughs> two years and eight months. Right. Yeah. So I get him into this like recovery house. I'm paying his rent. Mm. I'm in my apartment. Mm. Um, totally preoccupied with what he's doing. I put him in yeah. front of everything I had put, had gained. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I just stopped going to meetings the way I would normally, um, not altogether, but like not the way I would normally. Yeah. I was like totally stuck on whatever it was he was or wasn't doing mm-hmm. and um he was using you know um yeah. like he came to the house one time i found um you know remnants of heroin in my in my bathroom it was like a bag and he's like that must have come in on my shoe and i'm like oh why didn't i think of that i've lived here for like yeah. four years and like never of brought course. in a bag on my shoe of course he would bring in a bag on yeah. your shoe that's convenient like it, you know like stupid stuff but i i just let him keep doing it and mm-hmm. what happened was when my desire to use because I was not utilizing the tools I had gotten from recovery mm-hmm. um, became great enough and the opportunity was there. I used, I, yeah. I chose mm-hmm. to use, you know, mm-hmm. I threw away everything I had. Um, I wound up getting kicked out of the apartment because it was still attached to mm-hmm. Gadenzia. Yeah. Um, they figured it out pretty quickly because I'm like, I know most people are night and day when they're using, but I am super night and day. It's like so obvious. Yeah. So as soon as I started using, they were like, you're high. And I was like, what do you mean? So they <laughs> tested me. And because I didn't say I was, they kicked me out. Like, they probably would have given me a second chance. But because I kept trying to deny it, they yeah. kicked me out. I had 30 days to leave. So I wound up, like, moving in to this house that the guy I did side work for. Like, I did um, computer work for him. Like, his office work. Hmm. He let me lo- move in there. But it was the worst thing that could have happened to me. He should have just let me fall on my face. Because, like, I just went to that house and just kept using. Uh-huh. Um my the kid's father wound up going right back to prison because he is on parole and can't stop using um and i just like had been it was it was in a 30-day period i was right back where i was like the four years before or three years before that Mm -hmm. before i got clean like i was a mess i was losing everything i was losing job my job like it was just it was nuts and um my sisters came and did like an intervention on me and i was like so they like, do their piece and I'm like, dude, fine, I'll go. But like, I have to get high right now. And they're like, my sister's like, no, you don't. My other sister, who's actually <laughs> an addict and clean is like, yeah, she does. Just let her go and she'll go. Like, she'll come with us. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. Like, I went to rehab again to that same damn rehab. Went in there. Like, they know me by name. It's oh, yeah. ridiculous, you know? So I do that. They send me to a second program, like the first one. It was not, it wasn't Cadenzi. It was a different one, but it was a women and children. So now I have my kids with me again mm-hmm. in a treatment facility um it was connected to a homeless shelter they put me in for a section 8 voucher which i got like i the 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 thing in my story is is like i would always get by by like the mm-hmm. i would be like me- yeah. like a mess like it was obvious but like something would happen and i would be like okay yeah. so i got this like um this section 8 voucher and moved into a place and i like tried i did i was i wanted to be clean because i had been clean mm-hmm. But I just couldn't stop. So I eventually, like, I would go to meetings, but I would use, and I couldn't stop. And what happened was, is a three-year cycle of, like, this, you know, just using. Their father was in prison. I started dating another guy who was freaking 15 years younger than me. Should never have been with him at all on drug court. I'm off drug court now, but he's on drug court. Um, Like, just, like, I don't know what I was thinking. And um, I got really sick. He was probably really cute. No. no, he wasn't the cutest, <laughs> no, he was but hideous. he was really funny. Okay, and he was That'll persistent as way. shit. He would like come up to me and talk to me, and story I would be like, my life. "I'm too old for you." And he would be like, "No, you're not." And then he would like tell me a story, like his mom was as, that much older than his dad. I'm like, "That's not true, is it?" He's like, "No, I just wanted to make you smile." <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like persistent. Like he would just keep. Um, and he was great at like at the end of the day, he loved me. Mm-hmm. So he was a good, he, but he was an addict and we were just totally yeah. toxic together. Yeah. He wasn't like the other ones. He didn't beat up on me or anything like that, but he just couldn't stop using. And he was too young for me. It, this is the truth. Like I yeah. had kids. He was a kid. Like mm-hmm. gross, dude. Like when I look back on it, I'm like, he was 15 years younger than me. Anyway. So let's, let's move on from that. Can, um, can so I, what happened? Can I ask a question? Sure. It's, it's, it might be, it might, it might be very rude. And, and no, uh, was he closer in age to you or to your kids? No, to me, because he was 23 and my kid was only six. I guess no. So, like, the same, like, halfway <laughs> between. Ew! Why'd you have to put it that way? I just had to ask. I mean, he was an adult, okay? Yeah, he's a man. Yeah. I swear to God, I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> so, um, 
what happened was that became a nightmare. Yeah. I got um, really, really sick. That's mm. the end of the end result is I was totally reckless with using. I got a staph infection in mm. my blood. I fell and banged. I don't even know how it happened, honestly. I fell in the bathtub one night. Like, I fell out and hit my shoulder, and I got an abscess in my rotator cuff from uh. falling. But I was I already had, like, the, I guess the infection in my blood. Yeah. And um, oh, yeah, staph infection. So within, blood. like, a month's period, I get, like, ill. And I don't oh, yeah. look good. And I'm, like, waitressing, looking like a goat. Like, I don't. And then my arm stopped working. Like, I was, like, what the fuck is wrong with my arm? Like, I couldn't lift it. Yeah. It was, like, um, and it was, like, Christmas time. And um, I had to leave work the day. I could literally had to put it in a sling. I couldn't even hold it up. Mm-hmm. And um, my sister came to spend Christmas night, like, Christmas Eve with us. And she's, like, you look like you're fucking dead. Like, what yeah. are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, literally dead. Like, yeah. I couldn't, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I couldn't get off the couch to wrap the Christmas presents for the kids. Like, mm-hmm. that's how dead I was. And um, my sister wakes up in the morning and is like, you need to go to the hospital. And I'm like, sure, but I have to get one real quick. Like, I have to. So I went and, like, stole some blades from, like, Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Sold them. Got money. Went and got copped. And then came back. And my sister's like, I'm taking the kids to our other sister's house for mm-hmm. Christmas. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the hospital. I go to the hospital and I tell, I don't tell them I'm using. No. I don't tell them anything. I can't breathe. So they do like a pneumonia, like an x-ray for pneumonia. I'm clear. So they're like, go home. And I'm like dying. And then the next day I got to the point where I literally, when I laid down, I could not breathe. Like my, I didn't know, but my lungs were filling up with fluid. Ooh. Mm pneumonia had Mm -hmm. developed overnight because i had infection in my body Mm -hmm. and when i went to the hospital they're like your blood pressure is literally like you i don't even know how you're alive right now Mm -hmm. um they admitted me immediately did emergency surgery on my rotator cuff i look like frankenstein if you ever see me in a tank top i have this gnarly scar on my back they had to cut it open drain it a couple times like it was bad my whole entire system was flooded i was septic yeah and they were like i'm just gonna tell you right now like i'm not trying to scare you out of using obviously you can't be scared out of using but um this kind of shit people come in with on Friday night and are dead by Saturday morning. Like, oh, yeah. Like, that's how infected you are. Mm-hmm. And you're not responding to antibiotics. Yep. And, like, you're, like, I don't know how you're alive. They thought it was in my heart. I was blessed that it never got to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was sick and I was, like, really, really sick. And they had to put, like, a port in my arm so I could get yep. antibiotic treatment. So I remember, like, I was there for a week in that hospital. And at the end of it, they're like, so you have to get treatment. And I'm like... Uh, like, I'll, like I have to get, re- they're like, no, you have to get um, antibiotic treatment every day. And I'm like, okay, cool. So like I go home and then I go somewhere once a day. They're like, you are like a junkie. You cannot leave with that in your arm because yeah. people use that shit mm-hmm. to get yep. high. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, what does that mean then? They're like, you have to go to like a, like a hospice type situation mm-hmm. for like eight weeks. And I'm like, oh, my kids, dude, I can't. They're like, well, you won't have kids if you don't go. Mm-hmm. Like you're yeah. going to die. So I, of course, go. Where do they send me? Freaking Kensington, Philadelphia to Kensington Hospital, which is like a <laughs> hole in the wall. Like it's oh, basically yeah. like a holding facility for people like that, that have those types of treatment. It's not a hospital, mm-hmm. but it does have a detox unit on the first yeah. floor, which was a blessing in hindsight. Like I was able to go to a meeting every day while mm-hmm. I was there because they there was no like it wasn't a rehab. So it was like no therapy of any kind. Mm-hmm. I was just being held there and mm-hmm. watching TV. And um, if you see me now, this is, I'm a little bit more overweight than I normally am, but like, I am not skinny. I was a hundred and freaking 15 pounds. Like I looked Good like, God. I I don't know if you remember what I looked like when I first came in. Oh, yeah. I was all head. Yeah. I like, I had couldn't eat. Um, I was sick. I was like really, really ill. Yeah. And I just share that like when I was there, I had this experience where I got there and I wanted to shower and I went into the shower and I fell on the ground because I had no strength i hadn't Mm -hmm. showered in a week by myself the vapor from the hot shower was like taking my breath away and i was sitting on the floor crying but like refusing to call the nurse for help Mm -hmm. and while i was sitting there i was like dude this is it you're either gonna fucking die like this or you're going to do something different like this your kids are gonna be without a parent Mm -hmm. because you're their father's in prison and you're all they got Mm-hmm. So that was the first time I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to do the things that I heard work. That mm-hmm. was like, you know. So I started doing the meeting every night. I called my sponsor that I had from then from mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. She helped me a little bit. She was like, here, read this, do this. Um, got me through the eight weeks while I was there. And mm-hmm. while when it was time to leave, 
I had still had an apartment and stuff, and I was like, I'm I should just go home. Like I have the section eight out, yeah. and my brother was like, dude, you're gonna die. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I believed him that time. I was like, you're right. If I go back, I'm gonna die, and I can't take care of my kids because I can't even lift my arm right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I came here. Um, my sister lived in Catonsville. Oh. And um, she had a Come one- to Baltimore I was, if you want to I was wondering how the fuck you got so here. <laughs> my family, my family, like, started migrating down here. My brother went to D.C. first. and Trying then, to kick a dope habit? Come to Baltimore. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because everybody's like, no, it's so bad here. And I'm like, it's just so different. And it's I never experienced that here. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like not as bad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But um, she had this little tiny apartment, and it was me and Autumn and her in the apartment. My son was still with my other sister because they enrolled him in school, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to keep moving him around until yeah. I figured out where I was staying. So he would come down on the weekends, and that was hard for me because I had never actually been, like, separated from him. And um, I don't know. All those factors are, like, I think why I'm clean today because I was like, this is what you've created for yourself. Like, this mm-hmm. is how your life is going to go if you don't get it together. So I found an apartment, and I got a job at Double T up the street, mm-hmm. and... And like, I was like, I'm just going to like do this. I could barely pick up a friggin' tray mm-hmm. because my arm was still fucked up, but I did it and I just made it happen. I don't even know how I did. Honestly, I don't know. There's got to be some other kind of like universal divine intervention of some sort. Cause like for, I couldn't do it when I was there. I just couldn't do it. And I don't think moving is the answer. I think I just became ready. Yeah. And then moving here, mm-hmm. I had family support. So, yeah. um, that's what happened. And then I went to a meeting like when I first got here and I raised mm-hmm. my hand and I was like, dude, I'm going to die. And I look like death. Somebody help me, please. Yeah. Like, and, uh, my, who became my sponsor, Liz, she actually came up to me after the meeting and was like, yeah, what do you need? And I was like, I don't have a car. Like, I just want to go to a meeting. I never did a 1990. Yeah. She would like come pick me up and take me. I made a couple other friends. They would come up and pick me up me and my kids. Yeah. Right. I came in with my two kids in tow. My daughter was three. It was freaking wild. Cause mm-hmm. she'd be like, screaming in the back it was hard but i just decided that i was gonna do it i yeah. was gonna do something different and i took the suggestions that people had given me i 90 i got it as soon as i oh yeah as, you were everywhere yeah and i tried like keeping my sponsor at first because i didn't want to be alone and she was like yeah but you need to find somebody closer and she stayed with me till i did mm-hmm. then i asked liz liz became my sponsor i started doing step work um immediately she was like that's what, because when I shared like a little bit about myself, she's like, that's what's missing from your story. You never did step work. And I was like, okay, so I'll do it. Um, I hated doing step work. I always, I hate we're looking at me. Um, if it's me, I mean, I feel like I can talk about it. Like I have an issue. This is yeah. my part. But when I write it down, there's something different about it. Like now mm-hmm. I'm really looking at me and like, do I really want to change? Do I really want to make it better? Do I really like want to change my perception of being the victim in this or whatever? Mm-hmm. So I struggled with it for a while, but I did yeah. it. Um, I just did. And um, I got a home group. Those are the things I did. I got a home group. I made a network. And honestly, I was completely alone here. I knew no mm-hmm. a body. Like everybody I met was from NA. I mean, that's just how yeah. it worked for me. Um, I definitely think the first like year was hard i had suffered some loss so the boy that the the too young for me boy actually wound we broke up when i moved here but i was mm-hmm. still in contact with him and it was only like six weeks after i got here he wound up picking back up and dying he mm-hmm. he overdosed and died um and i felt really bad because i kept putting all the guilt on myself like it was because mm-hmm. i broke up with him like yeah. whatever all the dumb shit we do which isn't true he chose to use you know mm-hmm. what i mean um so he died and then like a week later um our friend from this area, Jesse, which was actually Erica's boyfriend, mm-hmm. he decided he was going to pick back up and he died. And yep. me and Erica found him in the basement. And like, I still have like nightmares sometimes about that shit. It was awful. I have never seen anything like that before because he had been there for like a whole night before anybody found him. Oh, God. It was mm. fucking awful. Yeah. And um, it was hard, but it bonded me and Erica. We were going through almost the same thing at the time. So mm-hmm. like we became very, very, very close and um, we got through it. That's my thing. Like, I had never made it through stuff and not used. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, I can actually, like, stay clean. Like, stuff happens and you can stay clean. You don't oh, have yeah. to be high. You know what I mean? So, um, I got into service. I was overly in the service because uh, I'm a good addict, right? So, mm-hmm. like, uh, you tell oh, me yeah. to go get a service Give position and I'm going to get, positions. like, five. It was <laughs> ridiculous. I was like, I'm doing too much. I'm going to, like, kill myself. Yeah. Um, my kids were still really young then, so it wasn't that hard because mm-hmm. they weren't doing that much like soccer and stuff like yeah. like I am today. Um I met a boy 
in uh, the rooms. That was a great idea because I got about two years of pain off of that. Let me tell you. Before he was ready to do something different and I was ready to do something different. And it wound up working out for us. But, like, Mm -hmm. it was hell for two years. Like, that suggestion to stay clean for a year. I mean, to stay single for a year. I wish I had taken it. I do. Because I was a fucking wreck and he was a wreck. And we were just making each other insane. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is like a happy ending we did wind up staying together yeah. um and now you, we live together you can give a shout out yeah maddie maddie m yeah um he and we'll i get you on here maddie yeah. you son of a bitch and we uh wound up getting a place and he was on this like long journey to get his kids right and mm-hmm. uh it wasn't working out for him the way he wanted to yeah. um but if, he kept oh, yeah, he, he pursued you know <laughs> and um now we have his kids every other weekend and it, it is an adjustment but like it's also a blessing yeah. Right, these are the things you ask for, mm-hmm. and sometimes I have to remind myself of that. Like while while oh, yeah. the, while the craziness <laughs> right. is happening, I'm like, no, this is what you want it, and uh-huh. I, it is at the end of the day. Yeah, but it can be hard, you know, blending my kids and his kids, and his parenting and my parenting and uh, recovery in there, like oh, not yeah. acting like a lunatic. And that's what I always say when I share about Matt. Like we we are best friends, we are right, but like mm-hmm. he is one way and I'm another. So like yes. on one day he might be like good and I'm like a fucking asshole. And then on another day I'm an asshole and he's good. And then it's like, can we just have like five straight days of being good at the same time? Yep. Cause it can be hard. Like, you yeah. know, we both have all the same type of, you know, um, addict tendencies. Oh, like yeah. it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that, and, um, my kids are like flourishing, which is great. Cause like, that's what I did this for in the beginning. I w- did it for them. Then I wanted it for me. And now because of that, like my kids have a fucking mom, mm-hmm. you know, whether they have their dad or not, cause he's in they the wind. fucking awesome mom. Thank you. Thank you. I try. Uh, you know what I said the other day? I was like, I'm a good mom. I'm not a good stepmom. I'm struggling <laughs> with being a step. I am. I am. And, I mean, I'll get there. It'll be, yeah. it's just it's hard. It's new. Yeah, it's totally new and totally scary because mm-hmm. they're not. I didn't birth them and mm-hmm. I haven't been mm-hmm. rearing them for the last, you know, mm-hmm. so it's hard. It's yeah, like, absolutely. I don't want to overstep my bounds. I don't want to do that. But like, um, but my kids, I think are my biggest testimony to like the work that I've done mm-hmm. because they're pretty well rounded. They're pretty well adjusted. Yeah. I mean, they're kids, so they can be assholes, assholes. when they yeah. want to be, you know? Um, but like my son has the most amazing heart and i really believe oh, yeah. that's from honestly cuz people are like you take them to meetings yeah because unfortunately they're probably genetically disposed or disp- have a disposition mm-hmm. to being an addict mm-hmm. and i want them to know what i did to get clean and where they could go if they want to go yeah you know what i mean so but yeah they're great and i like you were asking me in the beginning am i good i'm great sometimes i have to remind myself that that i did all this work to get this and it's not going to be easy every day but mm-hmm. like it's worth it. It's worth it. And I'm clean. So I'm not out like a bad day today. Like that saying is better than the best day I had five years ago. Cause the best day I had five years ago was like standing out in the cold on a corner in Kensington, yeah. hoping that I didn't get burned mm-hmm. and that I didn't die when I used, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. All right. Well, we definitely have some questions for you. Would you like to go first? Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you for asking. <laughs> like you were going to do anything different. I was going to ask. I'm gentlemanly. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with a fun question. What's um, what's something weird about Maryland compared to Pennsylvania? Uh, first of all, how much you guys love Maryland. Fucking love it. <laughs> like, Maryland's the like how best. much you friggin' love that Have you're you from Maryland. Like, I mean, and honestly, so I kind of relate. Cult. Like, Philadelphia, like I always say this, Philadelphia doesn't fuck with Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's like its own entity. Oh, yeah. You guys yeah. have two cities and then a whole state. And it's, so, like, we're very much it's, like it's Philly and Philly. Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Philly. But you guys take oh, yeah. that shit to a whole nother level. Hell yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And you guys put Obey on everything, oh, but I love fair. it. So it's okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Um. So, where am I going to start with? Uh. So, how did the geographical change help your recovery and what were some of the, like the real big struggles? So I felt like I had no clue, like what the fuck I was doing like mm-hmm. all the time. Cause like, I didn't know any, where anything was around here. Like mm-hmm. just the obvious. Yeah. I also didn't have any friends, mm. but really I didn't have any friends before I left at the end anyway. So what's yeah. the fucking difference? <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, think that those were the struggles. Um, I think 
the way it helped me was it did allow, like, I could have asked. Mm-hmm. I could have came up and said, hey, where can I go cop, right? Yeah. But I didn't know just from doing mm-hmm. it a thousand times. So it allowed me to have, like, a second to say, like, if yeah. I wanted to use, I would be like, I have to go ask this person and get yeah. there somehow because I don't have a car. So it gave me a pause in between, like, so I could actually mm-hmm. play the tape through. Yeah. Honestly, that's the only difference I can think of between the other times I tried to get clean in Philly and mm-hmm. here. Yeah, but I also yeah, so I I just didn't know where the fuck I was or what was going on, and then my family was here, so obviously I had support from my siblings. Mm -hmm. Um, both my parents are gone, like I said, but my sisters are like two mother hens, so um, I had that. You know what I mean? That was the difference. Yeah, Irish Catholic girls, mother hens, Hmm, totally interesting. All right, Carla, what you got? Um, so you talked a lot about the balance that your mom provided. Do you think that balance? kind of hurt you in a way because it helped you maintain your using for so long fuck yeah and she was an enabler if i'm being 100 percent honest yeah. um out of what she thought was love uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. um she had three kids that were in active addiction at one point um by the time she got to me i think she was just fucking tired that makes <laughs> yeah. sense. um so she knew if she fought me too much i was just gonna do it anyway i think mm-hmm. she thought she was keeping me safe by letting me stay there. Yeah. Um, that's when I'm using prior to that when we're, when she's raising me. Um, it gave me this illusion that, uh, like I said, that's normal, but this is normal too. So mm-hmm. I knew how to blend myself uh-huh. in more, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I could be a total train wreck, but like actually make myself seem like I wasn't like, I actually uh-huh. had drug dealers at one point be like, you don't belong here. And I'd be like, Oh, I fucking belong here. You just don't know it. Cause I made myself look like I don't fucking belong here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's you seem like you could do that. Uh-huh. Too. Yeah. I mean, that's, I that's why I asked. I could. Not yeah. And all. it's the truth. Like, because I, I covered it up for so long, yeah. like oh, yeah. doing what I was, I like you said, using responsibly if that's a thing, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, I used to call it, um, responsibly irresponsible absolutely that's exactly what it is Mm -hmm. and i think that's a great title eric write it down (laughs) write it down (laughs) um i think even like before so it became obvious when i started using dope right Mm -hmm. it's it's obvious but i was a full-blown alcoholic long before that Mm -hmm. long before that um and i don't think anybody ever really ever thought twice about it because i just kept doing what i had to do so it wasn't you know what i mean so, yeah, absolutely. I think I, she yeah. definitely enabled me to, and the whole dynamic yeah. enabled me to be a better addict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Have you dealt with any of your past trauma in recovery? Ooh. So, when I got clean the first time, then I had the two years and eight mm-hmm. months because I was in that uh, treatment facility. They were lovely enough to set me up with like a um domestic violence trauma therapist Mm -hmm. so i went to her Mm -hmm. and i hated her at first because i didn't want to touch any of it i was like i don't even want to look at any of this and i'm not being abused i i like i signed up for this like if i if i said (laughs) i signed up for it it made it okay you know what i mean (laughs) um but she really really wound up getting in there Mm -hmm. and helping me realize like something she said to me was you're blaming yourself for being molested as a four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old kid. Um, would you, if your child, because my kid was five at the time, Gabe, if your child was molested right now, would you blame him? And I was like, no, Ooh. hell no. I would kill, you know, like, right. he, she's like, well, then you need to keep that in your head and you need to look at that because you had no responsibility. You were just a kid. Mm-hmm. So um, she was able to get that through to me. Like, mm-hmm. so today I can talk, I couldn't talk about that at all yeah. before, but I can now. And some people, I think it makes them uncomfortable because I'm kind of like, I'm not nonchalant about it, but it happened and it's part yeah. of my story. Fucking it's right. my truth. You know you what I mean? Like, th- you shouldn't fucking have to keep that quiet. Like, that's. But it makes people uncomfortable. It yeah. does. It's just, you know what I mean? And the fact that I can freely talk about it makes yeah. people uncomfortable. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's how I got there. She was able to help me and she was able to help me see like the patterns between that and my father. And the men I was choosing mm-hmm. and why I was allowing them to do mm-hmm. the things to me that I was. You just answered another one of my questions. Fantastic. <laughs> Good job. Glad I could help be of service. <laughs> Carly? Um, hmm. <laughs> How has a higher power aided in your recovery? This is a hard one for me. I am I uh, Irish Catholic, uh-huh. like I said, but I oh, yeah. bucked hard when I was like 14. I was like, I don't believe in God. 
I'm oh the God. only non-Catholic at the table. Yeah, because yeah, I am well, also Irish Catholic. Dude, so. Catholicism is like a thing. Like, uh-huh. Have you ever oh, yeah, heard Mike Michael M. say, uh-huh. I'm a recovering uh, Catholic? Yeah. Have you ever heard him say that? <laughs> That's a real thing, too. Um, I'm not so much like, I didn't have any trauma necessarily around, but for mm-hmm. me, okay, so my I'll just say, my brother is um, a homosexual, okay? Mm-hmm. My older okay. brother. Um, and when I figured it out when I was a teenager and my mom would go to church, I was like, they're literally saying that he's like going to burn in hell. And mm-hmm. like, he's amazing. Like, what, yeah. what yeah. about him would burn yeah. in hell? Yeah. And that was my first like. Fuck this shit. Yeah. And yeah. fucking. Mm-hmm. And then I think when my dad died, I was like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, right. fuck you. After he just like, it was five years, but it felt like he just got clean and now he's dead. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just started to, and then through using, I lost so much contact with my spirituality that it was like, I don't even believe in God. You know, what is God? Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you that I went through a, a, like a phase when I was like a teenager where I, I thought I was Wiccan. Yeah. Um, and I was like really into that. And then when I got clean again this time, I've gone back to that, um, mindset um i'm yeah. not wiccan but i'm uh pagan pagan yeah so and my son is and i didn't teach him it it's just from him seeing me and whatever it is he believes yeah so we have that together um and what i did when i got clean was my higher power was the group because mm-hmm. i could not identify with god mm-hmm. so i knew na worked so i used that i was like it obviously is a power greater than me because mm-hmm. like i can't stay clean but mm-hmm. these people are so i use that at first and then over time when i've got reconnected with my spirituality i have had some of my own beliefs come back through and it's a little weird in our house because matt is um he's he's i can remember he me and emily see were looking at crystals one day on my on my table and mm-hmm. he came in and he's like what the fuck are you doing playing with rocks right like that's <laughs> and i was like these are crystals <laughs> first of all these are crystals um and now he's his spiritual journey has changed and he mm. has a de- he meditates he does a lot of that stuff but he's still christian yeah. Right. So there's been a lot of yeah. Make make it amalgam. Like, but we like he'll say something, and I'm like, they stole that from paganism, and he's like, what? And I'm like, you heard what I said? Yeah, read a book. <laughs> they stole idiot. that from paganism, <laughs> and he's like, jackass. what? <laughs> so it can be weird, but yeah. yeah. So I've just um, I've, it's grown is what I can say. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's definitely a positive change towards mm-hmm. it. Um, I believe that something helped. I didn't do this. That's mm-hmm. that's a hundred percent. I couldn't. Oh yeah, so. I mean, especially like with an infection like that. Like, you, I should have been dead. You clearly didn't. Yeah, dead. Heal yourself. But, <laughs> um. Hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. this is gonna be a two-parter. Um. How have you had to have like the addiction conversation with your kids? Because Gabe's oh, he's in sixth pre- grade. He's, yep. He? He's eleven. So he's, He'll he's be 12. twelve. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's coming into that age. Like, have you had to like approach that with him yet? And the second part is what how have you gone about with an amends to your kids okay so i think um i had to have a conversation mm-hmm. uh he remembers me using yeah mm-hmm. autumn not so much but gabe mm-hmm. remembers mm-hmm. they kill everyone so i'll be like remember when you used to take your medicine and fall asleep while you're driving and i'm like oh, oh my god <laughs> um he doesn't have a whole lot of terrible memories about it because i didn't really like traumatize him in like some of the really traumatic ways that i've traumatized myself Uh um but he does know so Mm -hmm. um yes i had to have a and then he goes to meetings with me so he hears other people share he's heard me share at my anniversaries you know Mm -hmm. um so yes so what happened was this year sixth grade is hell just so anybody if anybody's wondering yep sixth grade is hell middle school it is is awful it is so bad um he's been He's such a good kid. Never really had any issues. Been picked on a little bit already. Um, but he's pretty slick, so he was able to get himself out he of it. But, um, yeah, he's like an old soul. But um, I saw some Snapchats from girls that were a little uh, racy for me, oh, for a sixth grader. Oh. And I was like, I have to have to talk with him. Like, mm-hmm. I have to talk to him about sex, and I have to talk to him about drugs, because that's what's coming next. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so I did. I sat him down, and he's such a cool kid. Like, he wasn't yeah, even weird with so me, cool. which was mm-hmm. amazing. Um any, I told him if you have to ask me anything, uh, if you have any questions you feel uncomfortable asking me with, you can ask Matt. Like, if you want to talk to a man, you yeah. know, Matt knows we're having this conversation. But I told him, I was like, I'm just going to let you know right now, like, you are probably genetically, you know, you, you could become an addict. So mm-hmm. when it comes time to make the decision about drinking or using, um, I'm not going to tell you that you, you can never do it. Um, I'm not. 
I'm just not going to do that. But I'm going to tell you that you got to know that there's always consequences with everything. And you remember what mommy was like, like, you know, and I didn't start out like that. I started out like a kid who was just trying to have a good time. Yeah. So yeah, that's like what I did with him. Um, Autumn's not, I don't think old enough yet, but she does know because she's been to meetings with Mm -hmm. me. She's had, you know, I don't hide it from them. If something happens in a movie and they're asking me questions, I answer them. Yeah. And, um, the other was the amends, right? So amends, Living amends. What else could I... I could never say sorry to them yeah. enough. What could I possibly ever... Um, I have, but mm-hmm. like the living part of it, showing up to all their friggin' events that I hate going to, but I go to <laughs> anyway, um, making sure that they have food and friggin' clothes because like I didn't... They had the stuff then, but I didn't do that. Somebody else did that. Mm-hmm. I either got it from somewhere, somebody, their grandmother helped, like whatever it was, you know, like... Um, but I can proudly say that I do that today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, those are the things. Letting them know that they're loved regardless of what's happening, whatever they choose, whoever they are. And making sure they're aware that if anything ever happens, addiction, whatever, like yeah. that I will always be here to do my best to help them. Awesome. Yeah. You got one last one? Yes, I do. Fantastic. Um, so you had your Barbies early on. <laughs> Ooh. But what about now? How is your addiction manifesting itself today? <sighs> okay, crystals. That's a thing. You should see my house. It's ridiculous. My kid said to me last night, Mom, we look like we live in a museum. I said, what do you mean? She goes, you have so many crystals. And I'm like, shut up, kid. Yeah. Um, that's one. Uh, There's a lot of bad juju out there, okay? So yeah, there is, seriously. I mean, it's not a bad one, but when you're spending money, you probably shouldn't be spending. It's not good. Um, eating. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, my family is overweight. Like that whole Irish Catholic... Big women, big, mm-hmm. big girls. And like, I was always like, I'm not going to be like that. But I'm, I eat. Like, if I feel uncomfortable, I should just go have something sweet. You know what I mean? And I like sweet stuff. So uh, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I know that's, when I hear other people share that in meetings, I'm like, so corny. I don't know why, but it's the truth. Uh-huh. Oh, hell yeah. I have, I have a problem. Oh, like yeah. with, Come and on, how about sweet spending sweet. just in general? Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty good with myself, but that's only because I have kids. But I will literally go buy them shit they don't even need just because... I want to spend money. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll go out and buy a bunch of shit, and then I'll be like, why the fuck did I spend that? Like, mm-hmm. I really could have used that for electric bill, or mm-hmm. not that I'm not paying my bill, but, like, my point being, it yeah. would have been more, the purpose of it was for, to get something mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. not, like, 25 Hot Wheels that my kid doesn't need. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, wow. I would say that that's probably the biggest way, but also, I am a, I am a whore for love. Like, I just want to be loved, right? Yes. So, like, that description I was giving you about me and Matt for two years, that was a manifestation of my addiction. I yeah. just wanted him to love me. And he was like, dude, I can't love you right now. And I'm like, but I can make you. Yeah. I will make you love me. <laughs> like, whatever I can do, I'll just stand here and take whatever it is if you love me. If You, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. So um, I had to figure that out because uh-huh. I had to break that cycle. Um, mm-hmm. And I did. I did my best. I wasn't perfect, but I did. And eventually we were able to kind of like be best better and stronger from it but it was terrible for two years i will not lie and he would tell you the same thing it was awful for two years like we Mm. really hurt each other a lot and it was all because i just wanted to be around somebody like me so all right i think that's about all we got for Uh you so we would like to thank you for joining us thank you i'm gonna give you one quick minute to talk to anybody out there struggling needs to hear a message of hope what do you got for them I would just say, um, basically, like when David died, I that was my like uh, first experience with somebody passing away, and I was like, um, just like ask, like I know it's so hard to ask for help, mm-hmm. um, but that there are places. So like, twelve steps, mm-hmm. and if twelve step is not your thing, is not your stick, cool, because I get that. Um, there's other resources. There's other yep. um, people. This is a resource right here. This mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, what I would say is my biggest concern is people who are on like MAT and they don't want to come to meetings. That's my scariest because they want to be clean. Yeah. And and some of them, they're totally clean in their eyes and yeah. you can't destroy somebody else's path. That's the one issue I've had with 12 steps. It works for me, but it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. So I would just say, if that is the case and you're on MAT, like keep coming back, find yeah. your tribe. If it's a 12 step, if it's a support group, if it's whatever it is, um, if it's church, man, yeah. like whatever it is, 
don't ever give up and don't let anybody ever tell you what the fuck you are like seriously so all right. Well, we got a little sign out to do real quick. Here at Podcast Recovery, we are aiming to expand the scope of support for recovering addicts. Accessibility and convenience of helpful services is paramount to combating addiction. We work to bring the message of recovery to every addict, wherever and whenever it is needed. We believe that a powerful voice of recovery should be obtainable, practical, and at the touch of a button. Every addict deserves to hear a message of hope, and Podcast Recovery is here to provide it. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us once again. Go to all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Go to our, uh, For more information about us, go to podcastrecovery.com. And we do need help keeping the mics on, so please uh, donate to our Patreon. Um, yeah, yes, that's it. Um, <laughs> I'm not, it's I, been a while. It's been a while, you know. Um, but yes, we, we are fully self-supporting. We would love your help. So come be part of the uh, One of our pod- mics actually broke today. Yeah, one of our Correct. mics broke, so we, we need a new mic. Uh, so Get these guys a mic, please. Yeah, <laughs> become part of the podcast recovery family. But most importantly, everybody out there. Stay safe and stay clean. <laughs>